Welcome to Start With Your Podcast, where we explore startup universe, innovations, startups, and investors. Today, my guest is Abel Samot, VC associate and head of data at Red River West. Abel has background in computer science, and he has been passionate about bringing data approach to VC industry. At Red River West, he has been at the forefront in building whole infrastructure from scratch and shaping data culture. Red River West has specific investment theses and that shapes also needs for insights. In our conversation, we talk about the importance of data, legal aspects, how to shape data culture at the company, importance of UI and UX of a product, and how LLMs can potentially change the whole game for startups and investors alike. Abel is very detailed and KPI-driven, and that can be sensed across our conversation. And now, over to our conversation with Abel. So, hello, Abel. Hi, Ernest. Thank you for uh, coming over to Starwatcher Observatory, where we talk about uh, VCs and particularly data-driven approach. You're welcome. Very glad to be here. Yeah, let's kick off by uh, some history. I would be really interested to know how you ended up at uh, Red River West uh, and what's, how, you, how, how you ended up doing what you do now. Yeah, with pleasure, uh, with pleasure. Um, so um, to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I'm, I'm an engineer, data science uh, engineer uh, by training. And um, I did. Um, I started coding very, very, very early on at uh, thirteen or twelve years or something like that. So, uh, built my first video game at at this moment, uh, which was quite successful at the time. But uh, and after that, um, did some uh, did some uh, some ventures, sort of small projects, small stuffs, etc. Um, always with this passion uh, of um, tech, uh, this passion of uh, entrepreneurship too. Um, and um, I think it's four years ago um, when I finished my engineering school, I wanted to um, come um, and do an internship in the US. Uh, when you're an engineer, you want to, to work some with the best and it's it's uh, often uh, in the Silicon Valley. Um, and um, that's why um, at this moment I, I was searching for companies operating there. I, I didn't know anything about VC at this moment. Um, and um, and I and someone presented me to um, to Red River West uh, uh, team because uh, they were so maybe I can explain after what, what we are doing at Red River but uh, they, they they are French phone French American phone um, so between Paris and the US especially Los Angeles um, and they could they, they knew startups and companies in in the US so they could help me. Uh, find this internship but uh, when I met, met the team and they explained me more about what were, was venture capital what what were they, were they doing etc um, I was um, from the beginning very interested because um, I didn't only do um, my engineering school I also did a management um, a management uh, I also have a management and finance degree um, and um, and I uh, was uh, from the beginning very interested about this combination of tech, uh, entrepreneurship, and finance. But the third thing um, um, that I wanted to have in my job was data science because uh, that was uh, the thing I was trained for, the thing I knew how to do. Um, and um, and at the time, I uh, I started look, uh, looking at 
what were they doing uh, in data sense, what VCs in general were, were doing in, in data sense. And when you go back in 2019, uh, not so much, to be frank. Um, I think we are at the beginning of something that is growing bigger and bigger right now, um, notably with uh, um, uh, Andre's newsletter and uh, all, all of these uh, other funds that are start, starting working on the subject, but in 2019, um really not a lot of people were were, were doing uh, stuff so, um at least were not vocal about it uh, didn't talk really about it so um i i collected some data and stuff like that and that uh, and and i and i came back to red river west management telling them okay i think i can build a data platform that can help your phone perform better um and if if i do that would you hire me for an ancient for an internship and uh that was how uh, how it started. Um, they already had thinked thinked about it. Um, they uh, they already had uh, in their head to build a data platform and to to become a more modern VC uh, by leveraging data. Um, I, I remember at the time uh, one of uh, of the partners told told me um, um, BlackRock has Aladdin, uh, and from from that they kind of. Uh, transformed how finance was done, um, and they kind of become one of the biggest uh, financial institution of the world. And uh, they were like, they were thinking about building some kind of platforms like that uh, for um, for venture capital. And that's why um, at this moment, when I when I when I um, uh, gave them this this little plan about building this data platform. They they told told me, okay, let's go, uh, let's do it, and that's how it started. Uh, so, yeah, basically a little bit more than uh, three years ago, um, I, I started at Trade River West, um, and at the time, uh, um, just as a as a data scientist, basically data scientist, I, I had also some some uh, data engineering devops and full stack developer skills a little bit at least i think when you when you start this path um, on data driven vc the, the most important is not really uh, the data science part but just building the platform at the beginning so um, at the beginning it was just connecting some some stuff together um, some data sources like crunchbase uh, which is a data sources about startups with uh, with uh, our CRM that was Airtable at this time and and just trying to spot some signals about the startups etc and and little by little it had an impact a bigger and bigger impact in how we found startup how we analyzed startup and at this moment we we started uh, industrializing it, it a little bit more I recruited a, a small team um, and we built a platform uh, which is called Ramp. Or Red River algorithmic management platform um, that today is, I think, one of the yeah one of the good, very good uh, data platforms for VC. So, um, so fast forward, jump, yeah. if we jump before we jump in, um, uh, tell about uh, Red River West. Uh, yeah, because you're a bit. You're not a super early stage uh, VC. You're no, bit... exactly. Exactly, I think yeah, it's it is quite important to explain uh, more the thesis um, uh, before explaining what we, we are doing because of course uh, what we are do, doing depends a lot on this thesis. Um, we at Red River West, so we, we are um, a VC fund that invests in European startups that want to expand in the US. So our goal is to we have been funded by entrepreneurs that themselves uh, uh, created companies. Um, 
that um, that uh, in, in in Europe um, and they um, grow it into the US into uh, global leaders of their market. So um, two companies are um, doing more than a hundred million revenues. Um, and after that, they decided to uh, to create uh, this fund with this will to um, help entrepreneurs to uh, scale in the US because. Uh, not so many entrepreneurs, European entrepreneurs at the time were successful there. Um, the, there is a huge cultural gap, a huge, um, a, a, a lot of differences. And uh, we we have this thesis to invest in the, not a lot of startup. Um, our thesis is to invest in mainly in Series B. Um, so when the startups are already quite developed, when they are doing more than three, five million revenues, something like that. Um, and um, to invest in... Uh, around 20, 10 to 12 startups per fund. Um, our first fund, we invested in nine startups uh, in uh, a lot of different areas from um, uh, from data to uh, media and stuff like that. Um, That's quite, second... quite a lot uh, of uh, no saying. Like if you're investing across the fund, you're invest just in 10 companies. So yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's not a, that's not huge. Uh, Ten companies for the first fund. The second fund, it should be quite the same. Um, it should be quite the same. We are at the beginning of the second fund right now. Um, so not a lot of companies, but we we, we choose that uh, because we believe that's the way we can uh, be um, re really productive and um, help our portfolio company in a better way. We we don't think uh, even with data. Um, we don't think um, some stuffs can scale, and these stuff are, for example, um, US um, helping uh, the, the the entrepreneurs grow in the US and become global leaders. And we think that uh, this uh, very um, hands-on thesis uh, can truly scale with uh, with thirty companies or something like that. So, so that's not the typical uh, model of uh, um, other funds, but we also can do that because we invest in Series B, where the startups are already doing some revenues. Um, and we um, and we inject uh, capital um, and um, our hands-on expertise to, to try to help them uh, oh, grow. Uh, tell about Ramp. <laughs> so that's yeah. the name of, the, of your platform. Uh, it's it's interesting how every company has their own name for the platform. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. So where where in the value chain you are uh, using the platform? It, on one end, you have like date sourcing, and then you have exit at the other end. Where in this this pipeline uh, you apply ramp or ramp assist uh, partners? Um, yeah, uh, very, 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 uh, very good question. I think, um, um, uh, like a lot of funds, uh, we started with sourcing. Um, we started with sourcing um, because. Uh, um, the, the first one that we had, we invested in series A, B startups in France. So it was quite easy to spot them without any data. We just had to, to see, to, to look at all the startups that trace the seed in France or series A in France and we could, we could follow them. But uh, now we, we are investing across Europe with a very, um, uh, with a small team. Um, and, um, we can't have, um, we can't have people that uh, know every startups in uh, in Poland, in Estonia, in uh, every countries, uh, in in every European countries. That's why um, we we thought, okay, with this strategy for the second fund to invest across Europe, um, if we don't have twenty scouts, um, in order to find the best companies, we need to uh, build this platform for sourcing, so to spot the best startup out there. So that's what um, that's uh, what we started with. 
Um, of course, now we are doing a lot of other stuff. Um, it's also really helpful for the second step in the value chain. So sourcing the first step, the second is often the screening part. So um, uh, very easily telling if the startups could be interesting or not. And it's and we are starting to really tout for a lot of different other different uh, stuff, such as um, helping portfolio companies um, or such as uh, the basic deal flow analysis with uh, with some stuff that we are building around competition mapping around uh, around um, comparing the metric of the startup with the other startups and stuff like that. But yeah, we very we, we really started um, with um, with um, um, with sourcing. And with the strategy that um, tech and data, um, and I think that's uh, that, that's the, the, the take that we uh, that we uh, and the path we choose um, is that um, tech and data should be, should be an, an enabler, um, allowing us to enhance uh, ourselves, to enhance our productivity, uh, not miss any deal, make better informed decision. Um, but um, in the end, the, the the goal is that we make the decision, uh, not like. I think some phones have like um, algorithm, algorithmic platform that's kind of makes some decision. Or I, I heard about a phone that that had a, a platform that had one voice in uh, in the in the board meeting, for example. Um, that's not really how we see for now, at least. Uh, uh, how data um, help VC? We really see it as a, a way to become kind of superhuman uh, or, or we try to at least um, so, and so how you draw a line so how you draw a line where 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 it's like the the data is there it's let's say there's a there's a signal that this company is like 0.84 we should like really consider this one and then how 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 the team reacts um how the team react i i think uh, today, um, the team basically, basically what we have is, is that we gather um, hundreds and hundreds of data points about uh, all the European startups. So we, we, we spent a lot of time building um, a, a huge data pipeline that uh, gather the data um, and then treat the data because I think that's one of the very important parts of uh, the, this work is that we don't have public publicly available data. Um, at least we have a lot of data as uh, as we invest in Series B. Um, uh, phones like uh, I think you, you talked with uh, you had a podcast with Mike uh, uh, from uh, Moonfire and uh, and um, with Amir from uh, from Techstars. That's not exactly the same uh, work that they are doing at least for sourcing because uh, the first unit that that they follow is uh, people and we follow companies and then we also can analyze people of course. But uh, we the, the first entity that we are following is is company and we have a lot of data about these companies that are scattered across the web uh, from website uh, visit information uh, to employee growth employee repartition um, job post uh, um, and a lot of different sources so we, we gather all these sources and we try to build really something robust that um, that um, that could be explained that is explainable and where there is a we try not to have too many mistakes in the data. And, um, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's, that's a hard job because- uh, That's a hard job. <laughs> that's really the, 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 the job. I think uh, a lot of people are kind of 
um, uh, thinking about data-driven VCs, uh, fantasming a little bit about uh, data-driven VCs, about what we what would be what what we are doing. But basically, what we are doing most of the time is making sure the data is good, that the data is consistent, and building this data pipeline, this consistent data pipeline so, that detects outliers and stuff like you that. You know the you know the joke that uh, the data scientist joke the. Data scientists spend eighty percent of time uh, preparing yeah, so the data and twenty percent of time complaining that they need more time to prepare the data. <laughs> exactly, and, and it's, so it's, true. Even, it's so true. It's so it's true. It's so true. Very, very true. And I think it's even more true in this um, in this job where uh, basically you, you you have so much data, but the data is not uh, is not consistent. It's not like if you are analyzing a company in the public market where you have data that is yeah. the, the, a unique source of truth. For example, we are using the sources such as SimilarWeb or SEMrush to to to, um, to monitor the, the the web traffic of a website, but it's not perfect. Um, and and um, and when we are using both, we look at we we see that there is difference between between both the sources. So yeah, that, that's that's never perfect. So we we spent a lot of time uh, building this uh, this this thing, and then. What we what what we have in the end, what the the, the analyst, uh, the analyst partners and associate have, um, is access to a platform where um, they can um, see all the where there is all the companies uh, out there in Europe, and they they have signals um, that um, that um, tells them about uh, this startup and this startup. And what we focused on a lot uh, was building scores, different scores, in order to. Uh, for them to be able to um, spot these startups, rank these startups. So, for example, we have built a growth score that kind of approximates the growth of a startup based on, uh, on a lot of proxies. Uh, I can talk about it if, if you want, but that's 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 what that's one of the most important uh, score that we have because um, approximating these growths allow us then to see okay, that's the company that are growing the fastest, so we need to contact them. Um, so. They have access to a lot of different scores. This growth score, for example, a priority score that takes into account this score, but also um, when did they raise before? Is they, are they exactly in our sweet spot? Um, with whom did they raise before? Um, et cetera, et cetera. We also have kind of custom-made uh, score, scores that are very, very, all, all of this is custom-made by our team, of course, but some of them are linked to our thesis for example we have we are tracking the us acceleration of startups um we are tracking how these startups are growing in the us so not only um are they growing in terms of employees web visits etc but also are they more growing in terms of employees than web visit uh, in terms of web visit than employees because it means if, if they have just one employee in the us and the web visitor uh, are, 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 are through the roof uh, from the US. It means that their product, for example, um, mm. is uh, has a good fit there. And if we come, we can accelerate that and we can help them uh, become leaders in this market. So we have a lot of different scores that we build and all these scores are available or uh, in order to, in, in kind of a basic serum where you can filter the startups using this score when you can rank them using these scores and, and kind of uh, know when um, when um, when you are doing sourcing, you know, okay, I need to contact all these startups because there is there is this call. Mm. You also receive signals telling you, okay, you you saw that 
this startup has a good score, but you should really contact them, not only because this good score, but because, for example, they hired their first employees in the US or something like that. Um, so a lot of different uh, um, so scores, signals, and then all of these data, they are also available in the front end that we developed um, and uh, uh, where, where you have a suite of different dashboards, um, kind of like what you have on French base, but on steroids, basically. Yeah. Yeah, uh, with uh, all of the data gathered in a single, in a single, um, in a single, uh, and in um, your context, content. and in your particular, in your, exactly, exactly in our context, etc. And that's that's uh, one of the most important set of features of Ramp. It's really helping everybody uh, to spot the startups when uh, when uh, uh, to spot the best startups, and also to analyze them very quickly with this dashboard because as a VC. Our networks, for example, is also a, a huge part of uh, how we source deals. Um, but when you talk to another VC and he, or another VC and entrepreneur, and he talks, he or she talks to you about a startup, about a company. Um, basically, they, um, they, um, and when when you talk together about a company, you can quite easily look at. The company in your in your app and say okay yeah the company is going well uh, you're right i should contact them or are you really sure that they are going well that's um, pretty magical that's that's probably a pretty magical moment when in in some vc dinner uh red river west partner brings up the phone and checks any startup and has an opinion from the platform uh yeah by the way how so there's okay tech stack that's it you have the you have ramp but then you have the people and this transition to using this has been you have been at the team three three and a half years so yeah. what about the culture and the culture like people who have used to work in one way and now Abel Abel comes in and he's just like, yeah, here's the ramp, and now we're gonna do things with ramp. <laughs> how you how I, you did the cultural shift, or what are the hacks? How you worked with uh, this? Yeah, very very interesting question because of course it it's not useful uh, to build a platform if, if no one uses it, <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's crazy to see that uh, very few VC use tech, um, but also that a lot of VC that build, that, that build platforms just uh, shift back to not using it anymore because uh, they couldn't uh, uh, tackle this cultural gap and this issue of, okay, now that I have my good product, how could I make people use it? I think um, there is, uh, it wasn't a huge problem at Red River West. Um, for a, a lot of different reasons. Um, I think the first one was um, that um, I'm not just uh, the head of data for Red River West, but I'm also um, working as a part of the investment team. So that's uh, my job is half um, um, leading the data team, data and tech team, and half um, being in the, the investment team. So the good thing is that I'm building stuff that I'm using just after. Um, and that's very useful because I, I, I reason like them because I'm one of them, of the investors, um, and, um, and I feel the same, same kind of needs. Um, so it often allows us to uh, not go in, in, in a wrong way where people wouldn't use the product because uh, in the end, we build product that I would use uh, and that so that the, the team would use too. But that, so what, that's the first part. Uh, the, the other part is 
Um, we are a form of tech entrepreneurs. We, we were built by entrepreneurs that themselves already built tech companies. So the vision of the management um, of the firm has always been that um, like any industry, VC will be, uh, and we are beginning to see it now, uh, disrupted by tech and data. Um, so they were really helpful, really supportive. That's them that had uh, that gave gave me uh, and all our team uh, all the all the means to build these platforms and all the encouragement, uh, all, all the yeah, or they, they were sharing uh, with us and helping us uh, uh, building these platforms. These platforms. So that's that's a, a huge part. Um, being working with tech entrepreneurs that. Uh, um, want to work with tech that want to do VC in another way. Um, um, that's that's a huge part that ha had helped us to to embark everyone on the on the journey. So th that's another part. Uh, the other fact is that we are pretty young firm. So when I when I arrived, we were uh, there were there was uh, yeah three partners um, and uh, and one associate. So. It was pretty easy to um, at this moment. Now we grew a lot, but um, it was pretty easy at this moment to discuss with everybody and to to kind of build new stuff because the the fund just had two years when I arrived. Uh, the the fund was created in uh, 2017, so yeah, they, they it was pretty new and they were keen to uh, to change all the processes that were not really set. Um, uh, forever, we they, they they had some processes that were set from the beginning, but uh, um, on this tech part, not not a lot. So that that's three of the reasons why it was easier. But um, even uh, with all of that, that's still a challenge. Uh, that's still a challenge to um, uh, to make everyone use the product every day. My first metric, uh, uh, I think, no. That's not the first metric. The first metric is: do we source deal with that, and and do we analyze deals, uh, deal, and do do people uh, um, um, spend less time on manual labors uh, with this platform? But one of my first metric is: is everyone using the platform every day? That's that's what they should do if we build the best platform. And now we, I think we we are quite successful on that. Um, I hope so. But uh, yeah, I think we are quite successful on, on this part. Um, why? It's because we spent a lot of time um, on two things. First, we spent a lot of time um, with our clients, which are the investment team, um, doing what the basic product management stuff. I think a lot of people that are building internal products are not using the basic principle of product management, which are uh, doing users interview, um, doing a, a release where you embark everyone on, on a, okay, we release a new feature. Um, I'm going to show you the new feature. Um, I'm going to ask for your opinion. I'm going to ask after if you have used it, uh, have you used it two weeks after? If you haven't used this new feature, why? Uh, what, what, what should we do better, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the basic part, product management part was one of you, the, the huge part of my work, uh, doing the roadmap with them and embarking them in the journey. And the second part was also that um, unlike, I think, a lot of other phones, uh, we spent a lot of time on the front end and on the UX and UI part. part. Uh, so connecting all of our software pieces together, but also building a central piece of software 
which is Ramp, mm. that has a very good UX, a very good UI um, that is um, that everyone loves to use, like everyone loves to use Notion, for example. Um, we, 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 we really try to spend a lot of time understanding how will it be a pleasure for them to use it um, and how could they understand everything that was on the platform. Because I, I've heard about a lot of phones that built incredible data platforms with signals that nobody understood, um, that were kind of with shitty UI, UI and UX, um, and nobody used it in the end. Um, so we spent a lot of time um, building a good UI, building a good UX, and also building a UI and UX where people could understand everything. Every signals you have, uh, for example, um, the explanation about why the growth score is like that, what are the, the elements that allowed us to build the growth score, et cetera, et cetera. It means that we don't build black box machine learning algorithm, yeah? But um, it means also that everybody can understand where it comes from, uh, what this score, how does it compare to other scores? Um, what is the confidence that we have on this score? We build a lot of like confidence metric for each score or for each data point where we, we show that. So that's really helping a lot to embark everyone on the journey. Yeah, which brings to the question about the, mm, the split and the trust. Like uh, if you would do everything in-house, then well, you just have your full trust there. But you are also getting data, as you already mentioned, the SEMrush and, uh, and Crunchbase. And how you... How you Two questions there. First is how you make sure that the data is actually real. For example, SEMrush. It's 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 in a way a guesstimate of the traffic, and uh, so you have to put quite a trust in them in their approach. But it's still well, as you mentioned, uh, it's it's kind of black box, so you don't know actually. And then you have Crunchbase, which is basically, yeah, in a way you have to trust that everyone else has done a good job on reporting on Crunchbase. And then what, how you split that and then what you are building in-house. So outsourcing yeah, yeah, in-house. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, that's that's a huge, uh, <laughs> uh, a huge question that we ask ourselves very often and a huge point that we work on a lot. Um, I think uh, it really depends on the on the data sources. But for example, you were you, you were talking about SEMrush. We we choose the similar web because we thought the data was a little bit better, um, especially because they I don't know if you know, but they have built um, um, an extension Chrome extension, um, mm. free Chrome extension where everyone can look at the different uh, uh, traffic of any website for free. So they, from that, they have dozens of millions of users and they so that, use the data that they collect in order to, uh, to, 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 uh, so that's, to, that's um, the same the as platform. it used to be Alex rating. Remember there was yeah. that. And then yeah, I think it, it worked pretty similar that basically you, you saw the results because you are the user yourself. So yeah, Growth exactly. Hack. Exactly. That's that's a very. Uh, I love the strategy of building a, yeah. a, a huge, a huge moat, a huge data moat. Uh, thanks to that, and also uh, building this uh, this project led approach. I, I love the. Business but then strategy, again, but... the question is: Who are people who are adding that 
to the browser. That that's still that's, a niche. That's still a specific kind of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it, and that's that that's the issue. So the the, the data isn't perfect. So whether it is from Crunchbase for sim, from similar web, etc., we try to cross check it. For example, um, between sources uh, with, for, for example, Crunchbase plus Dirham, for example. So and when we have both both sources and we put it together. Um, then it's easier to spot to spot. Now that's easier because when you have one source that is saying something and another source that is saying another thing, that's not always easy to to to, to uh, understand programmatically what is the best source for that. But um, in in any case, it allows us to spot uh, potential mistakes. Um, and these 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 mistakes, or at least the the data points where we are not sure about them. We kind of display it on the screen, telling telling the user, okay, this data point, we are not sure about it. We can't mm. really do a lot of other stuffs. We we can, of course, we are also treating a lot of the data, for example, um, from similar web and all the temporal, um, um, all the all the data that that you can see in um, in in any in a graph, in a temporal graph, for example, uh, in a time graph, for example. Um, we are treating this data um, by uh, by uh, using different uh, techniques to uh, to, for example, when there is um when there is an outlier to spot the outlier and and a lot of different stuff. So we, are, we we have built a lot of different techniques over over the years for to do that, but in the end. We are never hundred percent sure, and we when we are less sure than we should be, um, we display it on the screen. Um, there, there isn't a lot of other stuff to do. We also spent a lot of time uh, in data reconciliation between the different sources. Um, for example, we use the website uh, URL to reconciliate the the the, the, um, the data between the different sources, but the website can change, so. It's, it's, it, it can cause issues. We are, so that's why we are tracking all the redirection from the website and other website to a new website when we see, a, and, and then we, 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 um, we, on our database, we reconciliate all of that. Um, and for, uh, using that, we, we spotted, for example, I think on Crunchbase that there were um, one or 2% of Crunchbase startups that were that that were um, two times um, in Crunchbase. Duplicates, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, duplicates. <laughs> so we are encountering the same at Starwatcher. So the I imagine yeah. the company the company has EU domain and then they introduce .com and then it's like ah how what yeah uh, uh, two profiles <laughs> bam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's and, that's that's bad. Back to the data data preparation question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and I think that's a huge part of of the job, and huge part of the challenge. Uh, I think the the, the thing is, um, we, what what we choose that Red River um, was to um, Olivier, one of my colleagues, uh, one of the partners at Red River, wrote a, a great article on the subject. But I think there is really two approach of data-driven VCs uh, that he, he calls it KPI first and AI first. Um, AI first, that's basically when you track the success, successful startups or the startups that you would have liked to see, for example. And from that, you look at the metrics and you try to build a, an algorithm that tells you, okay, this startup is will potentially be successful and stuff like that. I think with all the scarce data that we have, the fact that the time to track success is 
10 years, something, something like that in VC. Um, some people did it, and I think a lot of the quants that came from Edge Fund and stuff like that did that at the beginning. Um, we tried it too. Uh, I don't think that's the best, the, the thing that is working the best. What we are doing uh, is more KPI first. So we use the KPI and from that we figure signals and stuff like that. But it also has its own challenge. Uh, the, the, the poor data qualities is, is the challenge for any approach. Uh, and um, and um, and yeah, we can't really backtest I, uh, because the time is it, it, yeah, it's still ten years. So I think it's possible to draw a graph where the early stage is more. The earlier you go, it's just signals and no prediction. Like because well, they're just like the person has gone to good school. They have had nice internship. Uh, they they have hacked together two companies before. They have failed. Those are just signals, but those are not. Those are like zero signals about uh, unicorn. <laughs> and then over time, you see that there's revenue. Like you said, that there are first one employee in US, huge growth already in US, and those are already more of a quantitative signals, and they are. Those could be probably already seen by, by some, let's call it AI or machine learning. But for, or yeah, and then um, you go even further. Then it's just in the quants who are just calculating everything in real time and just buying, selling stock. Yeah, but no, I, I think um, I think I think you're right on, on some regards. But I think and in some other regards, we we found, for example, that um, we did some studies on the founder part, which is the first part uh, where where you said for you that uh, you couldn't uh, build uh, any AI or it was difficult. We did a lot of study on that. The advantage of that um, is that we have the data about what were, were the founders 10 years ago before they created the successful startups. We don't have the data, uh, at least for now. That's why we are accumulating a lot of data. And I think the funds that mm. are starting accumulating data now will have an edge in 10, 15 years. But we don't have the data about what were the metric of a startup on series A, what, what were the metric of a Decacorn on series A. We don't have this data because uh, we had we have to come back too much in time and all, a lot of data points are statics. So we don't have all of this data, but we have the data about what were the founders doing, what school did they do, uh, what were their, their, their job be, uh, that they that they created before creating the startup and all of that. So we have this data. And from this data, you can already make some kind of predictions and we which we, we tested some stuff like that, uh, not in production, but we tested uh, uh, a lot of different stuff like that. Um, and we had some pretty good results on uh, on features that made people, founders, teams successful. Uh, I like your notion about uh, the collecting the data, which will bring value in 10 years. That's like growing yeah. <laughs> uh, an apple orchard. Like, yeah, these are now just like we expect first apples in five years, but in 10 years, that will be in a full bloom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I think that's why funds that are not uh, not working on data right now, not collecting any data um, right now, or in the next two to three years, I think in 15 years, mm. uh, I don't see how they could compete, uh, uh, to be fair. Um, I don't see how they could compete because... 
um, in 15 years when uh, I think we, we are going to talk a little bit more about LLMs and stuff like that afterwards. But when when we have better better LLMs, when we have better machine learning algorithm, and you'll have all this proprietary data that you that you've kept over the over mm. the years, you will be able to build uh, incredible uh, incredible stuff. And and I think we are already um uh, able to to build some some great stuff so a lot of phones are doing very very great great stuff with with the data they have but uh, when when they have 10 15 20 years of historical data um it will be it will be uh, yeah i think incredible and i think it will change how everyone is doing venture capital uh, it's yep and yeah, so that, that's what we are what we are doing. We are collecting a lot of data, and I heard, have heard about phones that don't even have a data scientist. They just have one data engineer whose job is to put together all the sources and collect the data, not do anything with it, don't do anything with it, just, just hoarding the data, just collect the data, collect the data, and in five years, when they'll have five years of historical data, they will hire a data scientist to make sense that's, of this data. And, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and I thought, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's an interesting approach. Uh, yeah, that, so, that's uh, an American fund that was doing that. So, data. But now let's talk about the actual stack. What? Are, so you already touched on LLMs. Can you share shed a light on what kind of solutions are you using internally? Are you building your own models, or you're uh, you come up with the methods, or you deploying LLMs now? That could be probably a separate question altogether. Uh, yeah, very good point. I think um, um, a mix of all of that. <laughs> um, when LLMs, we we. Tried some stuff, and we we've used uh, we've used transformers and uh, and uh, and LLMs uh, from uh, before uh, before ChatGPT. Of course, you, we we used GPT three at the time, and we I'm, uh, I've been using Bird since since uh, since it came out. Uh, I think but not know exactly the date, but uh, uh, yeah. quite uh, yeah seven eight years ago, something like that. Um, uh, maybe a little bit uh, before, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe four years ago, but something like that. Um, so we've been using that a lot, um, and but but we were kind of using it for little stuff. Uh, for I don't know um, an LLM that allows us to to uh, get, to to create a signal uh, from a, a job post or stuff like that. We we were using NLP and all of that. Um, for stuff that ha had their use, but weren't like mind blowing, changing everything that we were doing. And when ChatGPT came out, I think like most uh, tech uh, people, uh, most and a lot of bu business owners and uh, business people, uh, we were blown away. Uh, and we we tried to, um, we start experimenting with it a little bit more and we tried to build a strategy around that. Uh, and I think, uh, I, 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 I don't know if it's um, Pietro or Amia that told that, told that in, in one of your previous podcasts, but uh, he, told, he, he, he told that um, the first part was kind of the moment where you are blown away. Uh, the second part, you kind of experiment and then you create a plan. Was, and that's exactly what we are doing. That was, that was Pietro. Pietro, yeah. it was uh, three, three stages of uh, acceptance. First, it was uh, that you're just like you're you're uh, 
scared, you don't understand what's happening. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, you kind of start to realize that. And uh, the third one, I have a plan. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's, what, that's where we are now. Uh, and we spent a lot of time understanding the technology behind it, testing a lot of different stuff, understanding where it could have an impact, uh, where um, it couldn't really have a huge impact. Um, one of the areas where it had a huge impact one was on our competition mapping algorithm. Um, to spot competitors of any companies. We have built, uh, I think, uh, a very robust approach now um, that works very well where I think one, uh, one year ago, one year and a half ago, we were kind of uh, saying to ourselves, okay, either we hire uh, someone that is, is going to do his, his PhD thesis on the subject for four years and we'll try to see if we have something Either we just drop it and and and, and take what, what what we have, and I think think uh, this this uh, development in, in LLM just completely changed uh, this, yeah. this, uh, this this paradigm. And now we we can do stuffs if we if we are try if we are smart in in the way that we are using it, and if we test the right thing, and if we combine it in a in a good way, we can do great stuffs. So yeah, we we tried a lot of things. First, I think um, with uh, with GPT, basically with the GPT API, um, um, that is pretty pretty good, pretty useful, um, working pretty well. Um, the issue at the time was that you couldn't fine tune GPT three point five. Now you can, but it's quite expensive. <laughs> so I'm not sure you want to do it, but uh, <laughs> but you can. Um, have you so have you tried to have you tried to fine tune uh, models? Yeah. Yeah, we tried to fine tune uh, some models, um, some uh, some open source models like uh, Llama and stuff like that um, for different use case cases. We have some in production, some where we are still working on mm. on the subjects. But yeah, we we fine tune a lot of different uh, um, LLMs. Um, but in the end, a lot of the LLMs that we have fine tuned, they don't perform way way better than GPT four, uh, and that's kind of the paradox of all of that is that general intelligence is getting better and better and the problem is that it's too expensive it's too long so we can't use it for for everything and we can't uh, frankly we can't use it for a lot of things because it's too yeah too long too too con uh too cost intensive um but uh but it's the, the results are incredible um so that's always the trade-off 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 because everything is going so fast and we we feel like okay if you fine tune one llm the another one will come out in one month and it will be way better and we'll have lost all our all our time and money to to fine tune that so 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 it seems that you have experienced quite quite a bit what's your take on the data uh data legal aspects so to say yeah. like there are stuff which is uh you there are people who are afraid to expose information to public llms like OpenAI, ChatGPT. yeah we, we we don't do that and we are quite afraid to do that too um for internal that's why we also use um, um open source llms it's because for internal mm. data um we 
we, as VCs, we are trusted by the company that we analyze, but also our portfolio company with very, very sensitive data. And we need to, um, we need to, um, to focus on uh, and to be sure not uh, yeah. to release this data to the wild. That's, uh, they, they, they are trusting us with that. We, we need to be worthy of this trust. Um, and that's why we, for a lot of stuff, we, we have a, our open source and, and, and internal LM that we that we host, host ourselves. Um, I think, but so that's on one part. But I also think that in the end, um, at the beginning of cloud, everybody was telling, "I'm not going to give my data to these big companies. I'm not going to give them uh, this, and and or, or I'm not going to give uh, the, the data to American companies, just to European companies and uh, European cloud companies and stuff like that." But fast forward now, almost it's a every good, company has cloud providers. Uh, it's a good analogy. It's a good analogy. Exactly. That was uh, like, what? We're going to host our documents in some weird cloud thingy? <laughs> yeah. And everybody was saying, no, that's not possible. And now everybody is doing it. Because in the end, I think... Uh, I can predict the future, future, and I think this future uh, is these things are moving so fast that I may what I what I'm saying may seem really dumb in one or two years, but uh, but I think with them um, how uh, it will evolve, um, I think these LLMs will be um, will be cheaper in the end than uh, hosting your LLM by yourself. Depending on the case, if you have a, a smaller LLM, a smaller model for very, very, very fine-tuned, very specific for one specific task, it may be better to um, to to have your own model for that because it will be more cost-effective. But I think they will become cheaper and cheaper. Um, and I think um, um, big cloud providers are and will provide solutions. Um, for example, I'm not really a fan of using uh, giving our data to. OpenAI, uh, but using the Microsoft endpoint, uh, the Azure endpoint, that's a little bit better, I'll say, because all, every company give their data, their data to Azure. So I think we, if we trust them with that, we can trust them with that too. Um, there are a couple of patterns emerging what I have observed. Uh, there is this, uh, it's the, the fine tuning uh, process where uh, you basically it works rather than changing the whole model. You have this small one. It was cool Aura or Laura approach. Yeah. Where it just yeah. I saw that. It, yeah. It's like imagine you can probably someone gonna build that, but basically there's uh, you're hosting a big model, and then I come and I have my super small. Maybe that's exactly what the now the now OpenAI has done. That uh, you just host your small layer on top of it which just adjusts some of the stuff uh yeah that that's that that might be the future where we are going that you have your layer with which you're talking but not necessarily giving everything to the big model yeah the no, privacy no. is an interesting question a, and... yeah very tricky question interesting and i think it will evolve it will be regulated the regulation will take a lot of time to come EU is even... already there, so <laughs> yeah, we have we we have been there for for cryptocurrencies and yeah, crypto yeah, asset yeah. too. Uh, I, I think on, on that we are pretty effective, uh, at least to give a to give a, a sense to the companies uh, 
pretty early on. While, for example, when you look at the crypto market in the US, there are it will be companies that just don't yeah. know just don't know what what's gonna come it's a trade-off between uh wild wild west and uh being safe so exactly yeah um so now the date i i would i'm interested where we are with the data-driven approach what do you think in general um in general um if you look at you know the the the, the, the product adoption core Curve um, that uh, that starts Gardner with, uh, hype cycle. Yeah, yeah, Gardner hype cycle that starts with uh, the innovators and then the early adopters and then and then it goes to uh, um, most people adopt. Oh yeah, instead, that's that's another yeah. graph. That's yeah. the bell yeah, that's, curve. That's yeah, the, yeah, that's the bell curve. That's the yeah. Uh, that, that's not the the, the Gardner adoption hype curve. Cycle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly the adoption curve. And I think in this curve we are. We just we are just past the innovator phase. I think I'll say mm. um, I'll say um, those were like two point five percent. That I think the mark was two point five percent. Now it's the next one is ten percent. <laughs> yeah, maybe, and I think that's that's where we. And I think if we've just passed it, 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 it was this year or, or last year, but this year I think, um, um, and it has a lot to do with. Uh, the fact that uh, uh, more and more phones are doing stuff. N not everybody is doing good stuff, but a lot of phones are trying to do stuff, um, at least. Um, and with uh, Andre newsletter that put a little bit the spotlight on uh, Andre for me, Liebert, uh, early bird, um, uh, his newsletter put, put a little bit the spotlight on data-driven VCs, I think. Um, and I think with all of these phones that are doing it, the, the people that are starting right now building mm. um, data-driven approach are not the innovators anymore. I think they were five years ago, three, four, ten years ago, of course, but now not so much. Um, I think there are more the early adopters uh, that are that are building a great tool. So we are at the very beginning. I think it will, and I am from from yeah. It's been it's been years that I'm convinced that uh, data will change how everyone is doing VC, but now since um, all these um, um, improvement in terms of uh, of um, of, uh, of AI LLMs etc., um, I think it's not just that it will change the way people are doing VC. It's just that people that are not doing data driven VC in 15 years. Uh, they won't be here. I don't think funds will, will still perform or maybe very, 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 very narrow focused funds with a very, very, very uh, focused thesis. But yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about so where we are, but now where we are going, because, well, now if we look data-driven VC, it's, it's still kind of a support function rather than the core function. But if we look like from the data-driven first approach what how that changed the whole vc industry and what exactly is vc historically that has been a couple people have a lot of money a lot of people need money and then they go and ask for money i like you i don't like you let and that that has been previously but now with data approach now we are kind of similar pattern but more like data assisted but what yeah. what happens next? Mm, that's a good question. That's that's hard to. Um, I think it really depends on the fund. Uh, 
but that's very hard to predict. But I, I say it really depends on the fund. Um, all funds or funds that were there before uh, using data that uh, that were that uh, that created uh, that created their track record and stuff like that before using data. Um, I think they will have a, a little bit uh, more issues um, on uh, on becoming data driven first. Uh, the the rock stars of the fund will will be the investors, and if the rock stars are just the investors, they won't be able to hire the best tech people. And if they don't hire the best tech people, they won't be able to build the best data platform. And then, uh, without a good data platform, they might be uh, challenged by uh, funds like um, like new new funds that uh, were created around data around. Uh, this data driver and approach. I think we are uh, a young firm at Red River, and uh, I believe we can be in in the bracket of the the, the firm that are beginning to challenge the big ones. But I think we, there are also a lot of very good firms that were created um, um, in the in the last years, like uh, Moonfire and and, and and firms like that that have um, used their their their, um, their that have this approach to, to data first. Uh, so that, that's one part of the question. The other part is also you have to consider um, the fact that building a great data platform, the problem is that it's it has two two big issues. It takes time, and it costs a lot of money. So um, if it takes time and it costs a lot of money, it means um, that you need more management fees, basically, to be able to build a great data platform. So you need a bigger fund. Um, that's why also these big funds can challenge and can still keep up if they reinvent themselves they have big management fees so they will be able to, to build big data team and if they if they are successful in putting this data team at the center of their operation I think they could be very great because they have a lot of, they have a lot of cash but the, 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 the big paradox of that is that we know that the bigger the fund, uh, the less, the, the 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 lower the returns. We know that some a lot of studies. <laughs> statistics <have> shown, are there. <laughs> yeah, statistics are there. When Very data driven. Is, yeah, when you have a fund that is doing more than two hundred and fifty million, um, it's they, they are uh, performing less than uh, um, smaller funds. And the more you have a big fund, uh, be, being able to do a to multiply by three the, t the size of your phone with a one billion phone is quite yeah. almost impossible. That's why I think we are beginning to see the, this uh, um, a lot of uh, um, a lot of phones that are building multiple phones inside uh, the mm. parents companies because it allows to have um, smaller vehicles so that they that performs well, but to share the management fees and to share the resources to build. Uh, a great data platform, a great support platform, and so to be able to be better than than the other ones. So I think that's the, the big trade-off that you have to take in order to be able to be successful. Um, so could it be that with a good data platform, you it's more of a, you don't need that many people, support people, the army of associates, analysts. Uh, you need nice team and then more focus on people, pe people to people management. There was an interesting, I don't recall, yeah. I have to look up 
probably will put in the show notes there. There was there was uh, so someone someone told that uh, uh, we are we are we might experience in upcoming years the first uh, unicorn which is built by three five people because of AI that you basically yeah. if you're like if you're uh, if you are really good at uh, outsourcing a lot of stuff really reasonably uh, to AI come up with my landing page content, build the landing page or whatever. You you just like, you become super efficient and uh, it might be also part of the VC where if yeah, you plug I'm in a sure lot that, of these yeah. things, then the behemoth funds are not needed anymore because, well, you just one single GP, which is actually a trend now that uh, single GP uh, funds are popping up. So, yeah, I, I've seen that too. Um, I, I think, I think a lot of um, um, there will be some funds uh, with agents that will do ninety uh, percent of the job. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, Not I'm yet. Pretty sure of that. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. But in five to yeah. ten years. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I think there will be some funds doing uh, doing that. I'm not sure how well how will they be able to uh, be different from others to differentiate themselves. Um, I think that's also um, when everybody will be using data. Um, yeah. What will be what will be the thing that will be able to that will allow us to differentiate ourselves? Okay, maybe having built the data platform a little bit earlier, so have a little bit of advance and also have more data, maybe. Um, so the proprietary data, maybe. But I think the way VCs differentiate themselves is, is also by the, with the people and the relationship that we build. And yeah. I think to build, to, build, to build this relationship, we really need humans. So I think a lot of the work of VCs will be done by agents but it's i think it would be the case on a lot of different yeah. in a lot of different uh, type of uh, of companies um maybe maybe vcs won't need any analysts uh or any interns or stuff like that because um at the 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 job that are doing analysts the 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 the, the, the algorithm and the llms the agents would be able maybe to do it i'm not sure about that but i Quite sure it will be the case, maybe in consultant in, I'm, in consulting I'm companies at, and stuff like that. I I think it's it's more in a gray area. Like you probably won't need like five people five, doing maybe stuff. one, maybe one which is more of an or uh, uh, conductor for the or or the whole orchestra dealing with all sorts of signals and sources rather than yeah. Here are thirty pitch decks. Go and extract the information from there. Uh, that that's that's probably done at Star Wars. We also have pitch deck analyzers. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I've, seen, the, I've seen that. Yeah. So those are the those are the things. Yeah. So yeah, I think and maybe just to if I can add a, a little thing. I think um, so. VC is a, is a, is, a, is a job where you. You you need to be in contact with uh, your environment. It's, it's a job where you have to where you have to develop your network. Where you have to um, and the networks often give you the best deals. But it doesn't mean that um, data can't help you build a better network. 
and that mm. can help you bring more values to your network. For example, if I in, if I tell everyone on my network, um, I have a competition algorithm um, in place. I have a market uh, mapping algorithm in place. If uh, at one point you are searching for the competitors of a, uh, of a company, or if, you, if uh, one, at one point you are um, searching uh, all the companies in this specific market, just ask me and I will send it to you. That also allows you to, to build deeper connections, for example, um, or that I can help you find experts uh, way in, in a very easy manner. So, I think, yeah, I, uh, we are also uh, researching the, the network aspect. So yeah. previously, people have relied quite heavily on geography network. Like we are based in Baltics. We know the VCs over here. That's like, this is the network. But is it is it the best network? <laughs> and that's on, and the best network for particular use case. So that's an interesting question, which uh, I think will be developed. That will develop in upcoming years. Anyway, so my last question is, What's your advice for people who are starting out and they're like, yeah, I have listened for a couple of podcasts, read a couple of articles. I would want to do something in my five people team uh, who are investing, let's say, up to 50 million. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, not, not easy. Uh, not easy answer. I, I say start, start small. Uh, don't... For example, I have known some firms that just hire one data scientist that is an expert in data science, but that doesn't know how to connect, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, API, not, not, yeah, they, they know how to connect API, but they don't know how to build the data platform behind it. They don't um, have data engineering background. Yeah, yeah, they don't have engineering, DevOps and stuff like that. Uh, if you hire one one data scientist, um, he, they, they won't, we won't be able to do anything basically. So I, I'll say start with um, start with the infrastructure first, and start small. So you can start with a with an intern, for example, um, that just uh, that just uh, build some small tools that bring you instant instant uh, the, the quick win of the world. I think there is a lot of quick win, and I think beginning with all these small quick wins. Um, is the thing that you should do in order to be able to um, to uh, to make people trust this approach. Because if you start big, you hire one, two people um, that will build the platform for one year, for one year, and then release it. The, it will come out, out of nowhere. The people will say, I know that we hired data scientists. They are doing stuff on their side. We don't know what they are building. But if the people from day one, from the first week or first two weeks, they they go to uh, the, the 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 you discuss with these tech people and you bring them your problem and they say they 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 solve the the small little pains that you have with very small quick wins automation and stuff like that. It can be just with Zap, Zapier. It's and 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 connecting Zapier to your I don't know calendar email with a uh, with a, with GPT and with your CRMs or stuff like that. It can be very very simple stuff where you don't even need developers. But building this approach with starting with quick wins is a way that you will kind of earn the hurt of your team. Uh, um, making short short feedback loops so everyone short is... feedback loops short feedback loops and and don't embark yourself on on big 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 project from the beginning because because you 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 might lose a lot of time and money 
Um, I say also, uh, don't hesitate to read all the resources that are out there. Um, there are more and more resources about data-driven VCs. Uh, for example, we we released some article um, on the mistakes that we've done on the You have three uh, articles. Challenge. Yeah, yeah, three articles. I will put them I, in. I will put them in show notes. So, and I release one, uh, one uh, in the in the in the coming weeks uh, on uh, how to use LLMs uh, for VCs mm. with uh, different use cases and stuff like that. Uh, a quick, uh, a quick data stack and stuff, uh, tech stack and stuff. But uh, don't hesitate to to read different articles, but um, make your own opinion and. Um, Talk with a, with a lot of different people. Talk with the data providers, the the person like you, uh, as start as Stars Watcher, but also at a, a lot of other uh, um, uh, different companies that are building stuff. So talk with a lot of people. Take your time, and then create your strategy depending on um, on uh, really your fund strategy. Uh, what is your fund strategy for for us is investing in European companies that want to go to the US? So for us, what are the good data points? What are the things that we, we will be looking at? Um, and that's why I think um, we will always have great companies that will be building um, great tools that VC can buy and can use. But I don't really believe that at one time we'll have one company building a SaaS product that every VC will use because it will be the superior, superior thing. Because I think we all have our approach. We all have... Um, how um, our way to create our own edge and yeah I think the, the main advice I have is try to find your edge and, and build on that great thank you Abel yeah you're welcome it was a pleasure I hope you liked this episode let me know what you think and whom should I talk next Subscribe until the next time.